questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Welcome to tonight's show, where we'll be diving into the art of truth with a very special guest, the one and only conspiracy music guru, Alex Michael. As the mastermind behind the conspiracy music guru, Alex uses music to expose the world's greatest deceptions with lyrics that inform and teach. His music covers a wide range of genres, from comedic country to healing instrumentals, all with a focus on conveying truth-filled messages and delivering natural 432 hertz vibrations that have a profound impact on his fans. In this interview, we'll be exploring the transformative power of conscious music and its ability to awaken minds and challenge conventional thinking. Alex is a leading voice in the world of conspiracy theories and conscious music, and he'll share his insights into the power of music as a tool for exposing truth and promoting healing. We'll dive deep into the controversial topic of the flat earth, and how Alex uses his comedic country music to challenge beliefs and uncover truth. We'll also explore the healing potential of music and how Alex's instrumental work, such as his album, True Solfeggio, can deliver a natural vibration that resonates with listeners. So if you want to question everything you thought you knew, don't go anywhere. Welcome to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To access tonight's full interview and all of our exclusive material, simply join the Veritas Plus family by clicking on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And while you're there, don't forget to check out the Veritas store for a range of great products, including focused life force energy. Experience the power of FLFE with a 15-day free trial today. No credit card required. We're excited to announce the launch of our brand new Veritas Plus Insider, your source for exclusive news and insights you won't find anywhere else. If you're looking to get in touch with Mel, have a guest suggestion, or would like to provide feedback, simply click on the contact button on our website. So sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's show. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. And be sure to check out Alex's website, conspiracymusicguru.com. And directly from Alicante, Spain, I'd like to welcome the conspiracy music guru himself, Alex Michael. Hello, Alex, and welcome to Veritas. Hello, Mel. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, as I said before we came on, your voice is very familiar to me. I've been a, a big fan of your work and what you do for for, for many years now. I uh, I remember distinctly your your interview with Eric Dubay back in oh, oh God, when was that? Two thousand and sixteen. It was yeah. somewhere around that time. It was it was a very pivotal pivotal interview for me and uh, that was the interview i wanted to share with so many people but back then people just weren't ready for that kind of information and i wasn't quite ready i was still doubting it at that point it was like so difficult for me to let go of this heliocentric model that i'd been you know entrained to believe for so many years so it was very difficult for me to let go of the ball and then uh, that interview was very pivotal for me and um it's been a wild journey man but uh, yeah no I, I i digress thank you for having me on and thanks for the platform man i'm, I'm looking forward to the uh, to the conversation i'm honored to hear that especially coming from you i've been following your work for years as well but yeah remember 2016 as the year 
where this was dropped. Let's just start with this anyway. Uh, this is probably the most controversial topic I discuss. We have people from both sides, people who love it, people who hate it. But as I've always promised, I will seek the truth no matter how much it hurts. In 2016, so many people were contacting me. Hey, you need to discuss this topic. And I was thinking, probably like you, this is, bu- come on, give me a break. I've been seeing this globe on my, uh, you know, elementary school. The first thing you see is the globe and uh, and the stars and the sun and the moon and, and the distance and, and 66,000 miles an hour, all those things, right? You're so programmed. You're so innately programmed. And so many people just gave me stuff that I just discounted. But then in silent just like I did with 9-11, I started looking into it myself. And as I always say, I'm a globe skeptic. And I started looking into it. And so many people unfriended me. So many people unsubscribed. And then many people who did that, a couple of years later, came back saying, guess what, Mel, I apologize. But I'm now one of them as well. So it's, it's, it, it's transformative. And with your music, Alex, that's the universal language. People who love music... They don't care about the topic, but when they, then you inject those lyrics, have you converted a lot of people into it? Yeah, I mean, I even have um, globe heads, whatever you want to call them, normies or, or you know, people that believe that they live on the globe. And they, they say, look, I, I don't believe in a word you're saying, but I really like the music. So that that's even though they've kind of rejected the message, the music has still gone in. It's still settled with them. And there's something in their subconscious that can that can remember those catchy hooks that I'm very good at. I'm very good at catchy. So I know that they're coming back and they'll go, oh, he did make a few points there. And visually, I'm making a lot of points as well and exposing, exposing, you know, the NASA fakery with green screens and harnesses and that. So even though they might not initially initially reject the lyrics, they're like, ah, I do like this. There's something to it, you know. So, But that's just the globers. But, you know, the people that are more sort of open-minded and more critically thinkers, they're, they're, they're like, you know, I've changed people's worlds. I've changed people's lives. I've changed people's paradigms. I'm now, you know, teaching children as well mothers have, have contacted me saying i use because my stuff is very you know catchy and i'm very animated in the videos mothers have told me that they use my videos to educate their children so it's now being used as, a, as, as this teaching tool which i never really saw right at the beginning i never saw that but it is it's definitely a teaching tool and it's definitely moving minds and at the very very least it's planting seeds and i refer to my flat earth man album as a bag of seeds it's so catchy you can't really escape the choruses they just sort of you know stick in your head and i'm making really good points in a catchy chorus and it's just you know you just plant i'm just musically planting those seeds with a five minute song something you know like a two-hour documentary people don't want to watch two-hour documentaries anymore they don't have the attention span no. for it so if, if 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 you can send them a five-minute funny song and if you can remove that comedic satirical you know comedy you know then there's some real paradigm shattering information within those lyrics it's whether you can see it or not you know aside from the obvious because you are obviously a, a, an incredibly talented individual i mean i, I think you play all the instruments in your uh, albums, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a complete one man band, and uh, wow. I kind of like it that way. I, I've 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 done the bands, and I've done the pubs, and the clubs, and I've done all that, and I've worked with other musicians, and I've always struggled with it because I'm a bit of a perfectionist, and I have very good ears, and I can hear when something is instantly off 
from a tuning perspective or yeah. a timing perspective, and it aggravates me. So I'm a very much of a control freak. So I, I, I'm now, you know, I'm no master on the guitar. I'm no master on the drums or the piano, or I'm no master singer, but I'm like a, a jack of all trades. You know, I've got enough ingredients to put into a meal so that I can play a bit of bass, I can play a bit of guitar, I can do a bit of harmonies, I can do a bit of vocals, and I can do a bit of production. I can just about do it all to, you know, put my message across. So, yeah, I, I love being in control of every aspect that goes into it. And um, so there's no, there's not too many cooks spoiling the, the broth, so to speak. So it's like, um, yeah, I love being in control of every aspect. I find it very difficult to work with other musicians because I've done it before. So, you know, the only option I have is like, you just learn these instruments yourself and do it all myself, all myself and all the video editing I do myself as well. So I'm just sort of stuck in my little man cave here, my little creative space and, you know, it's basically every song that I come out, it's just my, every song that I release is my evolution as a, 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 just my learning goes into my music. But I've said before, people don't necessarily listen to talking heads, but they love a message being conveyed through music, you know? Yeah. So that's the, that's the way I use, I use music to communicate. So my music is just basically my, my awakening in, in, in music form. I think you're humble because you're incredibly talented. I mean, I listen to every single instrument for example true solfeggio which i've been listening for the last two days you know the, the the keyboards the piano the synthesizers the guitar the bass i mean it's all there in unison and and i thought to myself he must be the one playing this because every single thing is in sync you see sometimes when they have you have multiple people you can hear mistakes here and there but you're obviously a perfectionist especially also with your creative style when you make those videos You inject so much humor that even if people don't like what you're saying, they're going to be entertained by what you're saying. It's comedy is, is, is so good for putting this message across. You can get away with a lot more when you're using comedy. You know, Jim Brewer is a, is a good example of that. He yes. can stand up and, uh, you know, he's, he's relaying these conscious messages. But of course, you know, the unconscious people will say it's just a joke. It's just comedy. You know, it's just a stand up routine. And some people look at my music. Oh, it's just a song. It's just a character. But of course, there's way, way, way more to it than that. And uh, if you have the eyes to see, you can see, you can start dissecting the lyrics and start researching what I'm saying. And then, it, you know, like I said before, there's some paradigm shattering information in there. But I think using that comedic surface layer if you like it just makes the medicine go down a little easier rather than me being you know this talking head that's telling everybody that the world is screwed and we're all doomed you know i would much rather go through life you know with a laugh and a joke and making comedic songs you know to you know because the other option is is being is, is a depressing one absolutely and by the way we're going to talk about jim brewer later he's a, a an incredible comedian, stand-up comedian here in the United States. And he's gone, can I say, off the reservation, just like Rob Schneider as well. There's some people out there who, who have woken up to the truth and they, I don't want to say they have been marginalized, but perhaps they have been. We'll talk about that later. A lot of people don't know the background of the conspiracy music guru. I want to dissect who you are, where you came from, how do you get to learn to mix conspiracy with music. Give us your background on Alex, because a lot of people, I don't think they know about it. 
Oh, gosh. Uh, my father was an organist and uh, he was in a band with his brothers, all my uncles. They were in a band called Unity back in the 70s, late 70s and early 80s. I was born in 72. So there was there was always a piano or an organ in the house. So I started to sort of, you know, as we say, tinkle on the ivories at the very early age of four, learning some simple songs. By the time I was eight, I did my first gig in an old people's home playing uh, Christmas songs to a bunch of old age pensioners. And um, they, they went round with the glass to, to, to tip the pianist, if you like. And uh, when that glass had reached me, it had eight pounds in it. And I was an eight year old kid and I had eight quid for playing the piano for half an hour. I was like, oh, my God, I could, I could actually make some money doing this. No wonder my dad does it. You know, it's kind of like that. And uh, that's when I got the bug for music and I uh, just continued playing the piano and the the keyboard and I would you know do gigs in pubs and clubs but just with my little keyboard and then uh, at the age of 21 which is quite late to start picking up the guitar I saw a guitar and I just why haven't I not thought to pick that thing up you know so I started to play the guitar and I started figuring out a few chords never had a lesson in my life a few YouTube videos wow. some beginner you know a few beginner videos and that sort of thing and I just naturally picked it up I can't read music if you put music in front of me, it'd be like putting a sheet of Korean in front of me. I just couldn't <laughs> read it. I've, I've, I've never, I've, I've just, can't, that's too left brained for me. I can't, you know, I can't do that. So I just have to sort of really feel my way around an instrument. And once you can play the kids, once you can play the keyboard and the organ, you kind of know what chords are and you know what chords to go to and you know what chord structures are once you have that, you know, knowledge on a keyboard. So when you pick up a guitar, it's not too different. It's just your hands go in a different place. It's kind of a different learning curve, but at least, you know, you know what chords. And things are a melody that sort of thing and once you pick up a, a guitar then well okay you can play the bass guitar because bass guitar's got only four strings whereas a normal guitar's got six strings so it's kind of less to do it's kind of easier so you know picking up the bass was very very easy to me and uh so i you know i could play i could sing as well i was very good at going to the pub and doing a karaoke in fact i was a karaoke compare for many years for my for my living i was a dj I've always been surrounded by by music, so at some point I, I wanted to start recording what I could do, and it was in sort of two thousand and sort of two thousand and ten maybe that I'd started you know downloading software to record you know my abilities, and I started a ringtone uh, factory uh, factory a company where I was making ringtones like these thirty second little um, jingles and um, melodies these very catchy little. 30 second pieces of music and that's kind of how I, I i learned my craft of how to be really catchy you know those catchy choruses that i do now came from those ringtones that i was making in 2010. um so you know once i know knew how to work production software and start singing into a microphone and uh, and looking at youtube videos of how to make it sound better and how to get all the instruments to work together in the sort of the frequency range and that's sort of then i started learning production and adding harmonies and thickening the vocals and that sort of thing and this was by the time i got to about 2012 i, I was fairly competent almost you know i was doing very very basic stuff on a pc and then 2000 in, in 2012 the whole 9-11 narrative hit me like I woke up to that that was the catalyst that got me into truth and that was at the point where I was like holy my whole my whole paradigm just shattered at that point really and uh, then I was just obsessed with truth for a good few years and then finally I had something of worth something that I you know instead of singing those cover songs and love songs and breakup songs in pubs that I was doing I finally had something that of real substance to put into to put into music and that really kind of spurred me on like a creative burst and I really wanted to learn production at a, a higher level and learn to you know just learn to make a, a full song really instead of a 30 second ringtone 
And uh, by sort of 2016, Flat Earth hit me. And by 2017, um, there was a lot of disruption in my life around that time. So I wasn't doing too much uh, studio stuff. But by the time I moved to Spain, 2017, I opened my little home studio. And that's when I finally had the confidence to to move away from the ringtones, to start producing actual songs that actually had a message, something of worth. And my first song was in the first song I released was in 2017. It was called Flat Earth Man. And it was I kind of hid behind a country character. I kind of hid behind this voice because I didn't want everybody to know that I was a flat earther at that point, you know. So I kind of hid behind the comedy, hid behind the character and released that song, not expecting anybody to resonate with it at all. But of course, the the whole, you know, flat earth community picked up on it and they they, they gave me this, you know, a huge bit of recognition and a pat on the back and said they wanted more. So that one song turned into two, turned into three, turned into four songs. And, you know, then I started learning green screen. And then before you know it, I had an album. And before you know it, I'm, I'm traveling to Denver to headline at the Flat Earth International Conference. And it's just been such a whirlwind from, from, from 2012 when I first started waking up and now, you know, kind of using my skills for good in a way. It's, it's, it's nice to, to contribute to this, 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 this awakening. You know, I'm, I'm the, uh, the the battlefield drummer, if you like, I'm the I'm the sound I'm part of the soundtrack of truth, which I love. That's incredible. And was this a side hustle for you all your life, or did you have a different profession as well? Oh, I've done the normal jobs. I, they they didn't they didn't re- resonate with me at all. I mean, I've done the you know working on a, a factory floor. You know, I was a carpenter for a while, and uh, I fitted kitchens. I've stacked shelves in supermarkets, and that just felt so 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 wrong for me. You know, doing those you know clocking in, punching in, and punching out, and someone with a clipboard with a white coat telling me you know when I should eat my lunch and when I should wash my hands and all of those kind of things. It just felt like um, it felt like a prison for me. I was not free to do what I wanted to do. So I'm glad I left that old life behind because now I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. You know, I'm, I'm not a slave to anyone. I'm doing what I love, you know? So I, I did normal jobs and I, but not for long, but most, most of my, most of my jobs, most of the way I, uh, I made a living in most of my adult life was through DJing or karaoke compare or being, you know, doing the weddings and the, uh, the birthday parties, mobile discos, that kind of thing, or the acoustic guitarist in the corner of the pub or the singer, you know, so, and I've always loved doing that. That's where I did my apprenticeship in the, in the pubs and the clubs, but now I don't have all those drunk people around me anymore. It's quite <laughs> nice. I just have my studio and my guitars and nobody you know shouting in my face going saying can you play some Beatles mate you know that sort of stuff so no more drunken people just me in my studio with my guitars me getting creative with a with a with a powerful message curious why Alicante you moved from the UK to Spain right yeah well I mean I mean the you I always felt I was born in the wrong country the UK never resonated with me. I've always liked that, you know, we were treated to maybe four or five weeks of sunshine in the UK. And I used to love those four or five weeks. I was always outside barefoot. But the rest of the year was just so grey and pissy and rainy and horrible and cold. And I just hated it, absolutely hated it. And my wife and I came to Alicante, Spain for a holiday. And I just fell in love with the weather, the temperature, the landscape. And because we had an online business selling the ringtones, it's like, well, we only need, we, we was working from the internet. That was our job. We, it could be very mobile. We thought, well, why don't we just pick up and go to Spain and see how it resonates if we like it, you know, let's just rent a place there, see if we like it. So we did, we rented for six months and we thought, yeah, we could, we could stay here. It's incredible where I live in Northern Alicante. We are treated to 300 to 320 days of sunshine yeah. a year, which is just like a chasm apart from the weather that we had in the UK, which is just a two hour flight North. 
the difference in weather is just incredible. So uh, I just absolutely love it here. I have a year-round tan. I'm walking around barefoot. I've got my little studio here. And just like, I, I will never leave this place. It's so beautiful. If, if you can just, you know, ignore the tyranny for five minutes, I mean, it's, it's all around. You can't escape that. But I, I'd much rather deal with that kind of thing when you've got uh, everyday sunshine. What led you to become interested in conspiracy theories in the first place? Was it 9-11? Yeah, that was that was the real catalyst that got me into it. Once I, uh, a friend came into the studio and he showed me um, a video on YouTube. He typed in something like I don't know, nine eleven Pentagon missile or something like that. And, that was uh, it saw, for me. Yeah, that was, well, that was it for you. Oh, right, that's interesting. Yeah, that, that, that when I saw that, it was like, oh, okay, that's clearly not a plane. And uh, so that really got me scratching my head. And because he typed that into my browser or into YouTube back in the good old days when when YouTube wasn't censoring. It kind of it, YouTube was off. It's like, oh, you've you've looked at this nine eleven conspiracy video. How about some more nine eleven conspiracy video? It was just literally offering me all of this truth. So I was just watching every single nine eleven video, and uh, at the end of you know that sort of session, I, I couldn't believe that lies on that scale could be told, let alone people just believing them. That just really, it was kind of, I, the cogs really started turning then. And that's when I sort of started to acknowledge the evil in the world and started to, you know, see, see videos coming up of Illuminati, New World Order, all of these kinds of things, and David Icke and Alex Jones and yeah. fear, 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 fear. And I went down that rabbit hole for a while and learned an awful lot from those guys, don't get me wrong. So, but th that was the catalyst that got me into it, 9-11, and it just changed my, it was just like, oh my God, there really is evil. There and, and it just... It blew my mind, and then I kind of got, for want of a better word, got addicted to it. It was kind of like an, an addiction because I finally found some information that resonated with me. I started to understand why the world was so screwed up. Well, it wasn't that the world was so screwed up. It's the, it's the way it's designed. That's what the way this place is. It's designed to be screwed up, and that was a huge light bulb moment for me because for 40 years I'd lived my life as a liar, thinking, like, asking all these questions. Why is everybody struggling? Why, if they just print money, why can't they just print more? Why is there so much, you know, struggling? It just, I was asking those questions, and then after 9-11 it started to make a lot more sense, and now I'm sort of 11 years on, and still, you know, I'm only 11 years into this information. I'm still very new, really. I'm like a still... A child really i'm an 11 year old child that still has more questions than answers but i love it in a way because this kind of information it just gives me you know uh more inspiration for more music and i think you know because of the i've now learned the power of putting this information into music i know it can change lives it can help contribute to this awakening so you know i feel it's quite essential to do more and more and i wish I wish there was more people doing um, what, I, what I'm doing because I've seen the power of it. There's just not enough people doing this, this, this kind of thing, you know, which is, a, which, is, which is a shame. I always tell the story how in 2011, one of my siblings sent me a YouTube video of the Pentagon, of the alleged plane that didn't crash there. And I stopped talking to my brother, one of my brothers for months thinking, how dare you? insinuate that our well-intentioned government has something to do with this. But in silence, I started looking into it and I had to call them back a couple of months later to apologize and say, my goodness, they did it. They did it. And this is why we're going to war. And I've always been into UFOs since I was a child in the 70s, but really not into conspiracies that much. But that was the trigger event, the eureka moment for me to finally, I lost my 
innocence and virginity when it comes to believing our government. And this is when I started questioning everything. And then 2016 came along and, oh boy, then you dropped this this thing into me that I thought, and again, I'm, a, I'm still a skeptic in every way. I'm a globe skeptic. But prove to me that the earth is round because all I hear is, or I see, is NASA giving me Photographs, well, photographs, they're just, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, CGI. They, they give us every few years, and sometimes you see the continent of, the, of North America bigger and Africa smaller, and the colors are different. And you think, wait a second, since when did continents change size? And people don't question that all the time. Do you see that too, that people just see whatever NASA gives them, and they don't question what they're being fed? Yeah, I think uh, Da Vinci. I love I love quoting Da Vinci when when this topic comes up. How people just don't see it. Da Vinci said there are three classes of people: those that see, those that see when they are shown. That's people like me and you, and those who do not see for whatever reason. No matter how much logic and facts you put in front of these people, they just can't see. It's not their journey. It's not their time. And I, I will never understand that because once you show me, I'm like, okay, that this clearly clearly fake. So there's obviously a, a level of cognitive dis- dissonance there. There's there's you know. There's another quote I like. Uh, the individual is handicapped by coming face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous he cannot believe it exists. I'm not sure who said that, but that that's very true. It's so big a lie. They cannot believe their whole life has been a lie. So they just reject it because they reject everything that it could do to them. You know, I'm all in favor of accept it, accept it, because I know where I stand, you know, spiritually now. You know, I used to be an atheist 10 years ago. Oh, how I've changed because of this information. And I used to think flat earth, you know, coming coming to this heliocentric lie. Once once I discovered that, I used to think that was the pinnacle. There's no foot. There's no you can't go any further than flat earth. That's I've uncovered. I was quite arrogant at the time. I've uncovered the biggest lie. And, uh, you know, I'm in such a small niche group of people that have understood this, uh, you know, giving myself a pat on the back and then COVID happens. And then you, you realize that germ theory and terrain theory is like, oh, my God, that's another thing that just really completely knocked me on my ass. Yeah. So it's like, so I'm I'm now like, holy crap, there's going to be more of this. There's going to be more things that come up and smack me in the face, which I thought I knew, I thought I once knew, but I'm guaranteeing my paradigm's going to continue shattering, continue shattering. And I love that. Like I say, I'm still an 11-year-old child, still learning this stuff. You have to first unlearn what you've learned, right? How did you first come up with the idea to combine? Because I think, and I say this in the most complimentary way to, to our side, you're a dangerous man to the elite because you have something in your arsenal that a lot of people don't have. You could be the biggest parapolitical researcher. I hate to use the, the term conspiracy because, as you know, that came from the JFK time. But you use conspiracy music guru, which is great. But do you find that because you have this talent in your arsenal to convey knowledge and truth with music, how did you first come up with the idea to combine conspiracy theories with music? Well, I mean, it was just once that truth hits you in the face, once your whole once your whole paradigm is shattered, you can't go back to making love songs and songs about your car or whatever. Or, you know, listen to the music that we hear on the radio now, Cardi B singing about her private parts or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's just utter. Just listen to the lyrics of the Beatles song. We love you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hold your hand. And just this, this this sort of music for toddlers. Once you know the truth, you can't make songs like that anymore. You can't sing about Jenny, who you broke up with. And you, you just, so I still wanted to continue 
making music, but certainly not those kind of songs. It was like, I, I, it was just a natural progression. It wasn't a decision that I made. Do you know what? I'm going to put conspiracy into music. That's what I'm going to do. It wasn't a decision. It was like, I need to do this. That it was, um, yeah, it was a very natural thing for me to do. Jim Brewer, how did he, obviously he must have seen your videos and he said, let me just get in touch with uh, Alex. How did the two of you converge? Yeah, it was, um, he did a, uh, I think he was, he, he was reaching out to people. He was doing some kind of project and reaching out to people saying, you know, if you know anybody that, you know, does kind of conscious music, we're looking for, you know, we, we want to put on a show with comedy and musicians and that kind of thing. And he sort of put that vibe out there. So I'm led to believe. And a lot of people put my name forward to him. And then he found out why he looked at my channel and he was uh, seemingly blown blown away by it because his producer emailed me and said, Jim is a big fan. He's a huge fan of yours. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, of course he is. You know, I thought they were just sort of buttering me up for an yeah. So I would say yes to an interview. But when I listened to the, his, uh, his actual uh, show, he was like, oh, my God, this guy, this is the guy I want to be when I grow up. Uh, this is exactly, he's doing everything I want to do, man. He's like, you know how animated he is. He's kind of like a, a gruff Jim Carrey. He's just like yeah. all over the place. But So he was genuinely excited uh, about what I was doing. So I agreed to do an interview with him. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, it was like when I did the interview with it, it was kind of like hooking up with an old friend. I felt like I've known him for years. He's very clearly very creative. Um, very, he doesn't hold back at all. He does a little bit. I, I know there's certain things that he believes that he won't come out with yet. He's, he's kind of a little uncomfortable with the, with, you know, the heliocentric. Like he's not ready to bring that to his audience yet, as I wasn't. There comes a point where you go, you know what? I'm I'm comfortable with this now. Where I'm going to start talking about it, and I bet you, I'll, I bet the farm that he's going to start talking about heliocentrism soon. Um, so he he's just um, he's kind of like he's, we're doing very very similar things, Jim Brewer and I. He's doing it comedically. I'm doing it from a music of music standpoint. Obviously, he's got a lot more recognition than I have. He, he he's talking about flying me over to the states to do a show with him. He's very excited about what I do. Whether that collaboration will actually you know come to fruition or not, I don't know. I'll have to see whether uh, I just got to sit back and see whether he means what he says. I don't think he was you know just buttering me up or lying or anything. He seems genuinely uh, enthused by 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 you know conscious content and conscious comedy and wants to do a whole show like he, he, i think he described it like a live aid but all conscious musicians conscious comedy which i would love to be a part of that you know as long as he can uh, you know <laughs> pay for my expenses because it's not exactly cheap getting over to the states but i i got a really good feel from him and uh, i've just got to sit back and and wait and see if anything happens with it i hope it does yeah that's incredible and all these people that they as i say leave the reservation and I wonder if uh, he has been threatened. I mean, Owen Benjamin, another person who is into Flat Earth. I interviewed him last year. Great guy. He was a Hollywood actor. And now he is another great musician, by the way. Do you know Owen? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I hate to say I hate to say this, but no, he knows me, you know, <laughs> because he, he did a reaction video to my um, song, uh, Do You Still Believe We Went to the Moon? It's on my channel, actually. Someone sent that to him, and he was like, he was really laughing, genuine belly laughter, you know. So he's he's aware of me, and I haven't hooked up with him yet, but um, no, I'm aware he's, he's been completely ostracized and censored. I mean, that happens to anyone that actually starts speaking truth, right? And he's got a big following anyway, so yeah. he's been... 
you know, banned from so many platforms, Twitter and Rockfin and PayPal. And I think he had a legal case with PayPal right. at, at some point. So, you know, that's the price to pay for authenticity, isn't it? Yeah, we're so, by the way, I can make the connection for the YouTube because it would be great if the two of you connected. But yeah, I'm so tired of this cancel culture because of what we say. I mean, Jim Carrey, another person who's not really out there, but I wonder, he was on the Truman Show. And after you study the flat earth, it makes you wonder if we are all living in a Truman Show. What do you say, Alex? Oh, that that that's I mean that speculation station, but I mean the, those movies. Hollywood puts that stuff out there for a reason, doesn't it? It's always you know truth in the movies, lies in the news. So that kind of you know living in a terrarium and and you know it's the big sound stage. I mean it's on the table. I mean it's a it's clearly a created realm. How it all functions, I don't know. But uh, that that movie is probably you know every flat earther's favorite movie because it resonates with us all. We were all Truman, and then we all started waking up. That scene in Truman Show where the the, the one of the stage light falls from the sky and hits the street, and he picks it up and he kind of looks at it and it says Sirius like a star, and then he looks up and it's like he starts to you can it's a very poignant moment in that movie. It's like he, that's where he starts his awakening, and we've all been there. That's why that that movie resonates with us all. But but what this place is, how it's run, I honestly don't know. But clearly, clearly intelligent design. You know, one of my favorite quotes is uh, Feynman's quote. What is it? Uh, I would rather have my mind open with, with, uh, with wonder than one closed by belief. And it just upsets me when people ask questions and they get uh, Im immediately attacked. Just when I started qu questioning the, 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 the globe model, immediately, oh, science doesn't say this, science doesn't say that. And then you have to tell them, well, wait a second, think about it for a second. The same thing with the pandemic in the past few years. Science is paid by Big Pharma. Uh, when it comes to, uh, what's his name, um, the guy that's behind NASA, the, 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 the black guy, what's his name again? Neil they deGrasse went, Tyson. Neil Gra deGrasse Tyson, exactly. Uh, or the sci the other guy, the, the science guy that, that has the... Bill Nye, you see, you know all those names, all these I'm people. I'm afraid I do. I'm afraid I do. I've listened <laughs> to them, and they're, they're just really, they're paid actors, aren't they? Of really? course they are paid actors, and it makes you wonder why we can't question. If you, if you go to academia and question it, and professors might tell you, hey, I don't want to talk about this because I'll lose my professorship or my tenure or my pension, and I can understand that. But how do you break the shackles of the people who really want to get out? Do we need to have a, a parallel academia, a parallel medical industry, a parallel energy industry? Well, people have tried, haven't they? But they get quashed instantly. You know what I mean? There's the right. guy that came up with the water-powered car. He didn't last too long. He died simply, you know, shortly after. He was I killed. Know. I, just wonder, I just wonder if this system will always be the beast system and it, it cannot be challenged. I don't know. I mean, we have to stop, you know, to, I hate to quote David Icke here, but he's right. You know, we have to stop acquiescing to this, to this system and, and try and you know, learn a bit more, you know, self-sufficiency, take our power back and, 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 you know, and stop believing, you know, belief is the enemy of knowing, as Crow would say, and stop, stop acquiescing and, and, and giving our power away to these, to these institutions. I honestly don't know what the answer is. I'm just trying to, I'm only one guy with a guitar, really. What, what can I do? Well, you can do so much more with a four or five minute song than my interviews can do in two hours. That's the thing, because people continue repeating your songs and replaying them and getting into it. And then after they listen to your song, they 
you plant that seed and that seed sprouts. And that's what you did with the Flat Earth Man CD. It was one of my listeners who actually bought the CD and mailed it to me and said, you need to listen to this. And I said, well, I've already listened to it, but thank you for buying the physical copy. And, you know, when you hear that kind of stuff, it resonates with a lot, with a lot of people. Now, 432 hertz. This is something that, again, took me by surprise when I first heard about it about, I say, 14 years ago. Somebody brought it, to, brought it to my attention and said, by the way, do you know that all the music used to be tuned at 432? And then it was changed in the 1950s, the, you know, the whole, uh, the, the universal tuning frequency and the whole Nazis and they couldn't do it. And then in the 50s, they did it. And they said, look at this program, which I offer on my website, free for anybody, that you can tune all your music collection into 432. And I started listening to, say, classical music uh, these days, and they changed it to 432 with my headphones or with my speakers so they could resonate over my body. And the change that I felt myself, my blood pressure went down. I started feeling more energetic. And I started looking into all these subjects, interviewing people on this subject, and I've never stopped. And then you came along with your own. In about, I'd say, five years ago, a, a young man from New Orleans who has a jazz band wrote to me saying, we retuned all our instruments to record our first CD because of your interview with so-and-so about 432. So here's to you, Brother Mel. And it felt so good that people are really resonating with this, Alex. Yeah, it's uh, the feedback I've had from doing the music in 432 is something I never quite expected with the True Solfeggio album. It was really a kind of a scientific experiment. I was looking into it. I knew the bullet points. I knew it had been changed. I knew it had been bastardized, you know, and you could, when you follow the money, you see the Rockefeller footprints all over it. And the Nazis, like you say, Goebbels introducing this frequency into Europe. So, you know, there's a, there's a, there's something very distasteful there. So I thought, right, okay, let's 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 use this four three two tuning and let's research these so-called solfeggio healing frequencies. Let's make an album. Let's embed these frequencies into the album. Put it out there. Scientific experiment, you know, testable, observable, repeatable. And I did that album maybe uh, three or four years ago, something like. And I must have sold a few thousand copies of it now. And I've gauged the feedback, and the the feedback was just. You know, incredible. It was, you know, people were being healed of their PTSD and ADHD and their, and their pets were calm while this music was being played when no other music would do. And their children were calm. And, you know, one woman, she, she messaged me, she said she sleeps way much, so much better. And even her chickens are surrounding the CD player where my CD's being played. So they're, they're, oh. they're, they're, they're gravitating towards this music. It's kind of like, you know, it's the polar opposite of what the, the controllers want for this world musically. And I've just tested this for myself and gauged the feedback. And it was like, wow, this, this, this music can be really powerful. I've, I've had friends use that album. They've got married to it. Uh, another friend was, gave birth whilst listening to this, this album. You know, I have, I have other people, you know, playing it to their unborn child. You know, it's, it seems to be in one guy even emailed me and said his plants are growing better because of this four, three, two music. It seems to have a relationship with the golden race ratio uh which we can find in every aspect of nature there, there's a lot of numerology to it i don't really get too yeah, there's a lot of pretty math there uh you can you can get really sort of tangled in the weeds if you i don't really go down that route but i just go on how it makes me feel how it's making other people feel uh i know that when i'm making it in the studio i get way more of an emotional reaction to it than i ever did recording in 440 i get more goosebumps i get you know i've been in floods of tears listening to music in 432 
So no one could, and you know, no one could tell me that there's not something to it because I've literally, you know, tried and tested it for myself. So I think it's a very, very powerful thing. Um, and cymatically as well, if you look at the difference cymatically between 432 hertz and 440 hertz, with 440 you'll get a very sort of unclear, ugly sort of, you know, not very coherent pattern. Whereas with 432 hertz you'll get, you know, crystal clear, coherent, beautiful sort of shapes. And if that's what's going on. You know, biologically, you know, if, if we're to believe that we're over 70% water and if you, you know, take into consideration Emoto's experiments where he's, you know, literally saying nice things to water and it's forming these incredible crystal, crystalline, beautiful snowflake kind of patterns. I like to think that's what music is doing, you know, in the right frequency, it's creating the right kind of geometry on a cellular level. And 440 is more sort of of a disease, if you like. And I think that's where we get disease from. I mean, everything else has been bastardized in this world. The the the, the water, the air, the information, and of course the music. It's like I think I I, I said to you in a Facebook comment that, that 440 hertz to me is like the fluoride of of the music industry. Wow! You know, yes, you can, that's right. You can, you can still enjoy the music. You can still drink a glass of water and enjoy that glass of water just as much as you can enjoy the track that you're listening to. But what's it really doing on a cellular level? Interesting, that, that correlation of the fluoride, because that's exactly what it is to music. When I listen to music now, I know. I know when it's not 432, and I just... It's very difficult. I used to be a metalhead. I used to love to listen to metal in the 80s. And now, sometimes I put it at 432, and it has a different feeling. But we're told, for example, and, and, and this is why a lot of people say, when are you going to write a book of all the stuff that you've learned? Well, I haven't because I'm so tired of the cancel culture. I'm so tired of the censorship. I mean, look at our channel for the last three years on YouTube, 99,500. It doesn't go beyond that. And every single day they take, we get about 300 people and YouTube comes along and takes 300 every single day. But we're told to sleep flat. When our ancient, the ancestors used to sleep on an ang at an angle, animals love to sleep at an angle. And ever since I started sleeping at an angle, I feel so much better. Uh, for example, we were given rubber soles when DuPont started using plastics and we removed the, the uh, soles from our shoes from uh, uh, what was it? We used to have uh, something else that connected us to the earth. Now rubber soles and that immediately increased the the uh, disease, every single disease, inflammation, which is most disease, all the itis at the end of every word. What do you, do you know about grounding and how important oh, yeah, it is? I'm a, yeah, I'm a big fan of grounding. I mean, if you look at all of my music videos, every one of my Flat Earth Man music videos, I'm barefoot in everything. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've always hated things on my feet, just in, intuitively known that something's wrong there. Right. It just it doesn't feel right. So I'm always I'm even, even when I'm doing, you know, DIY stuff, when I built my entire studio, I did it barefoot. I mean, I'm very careful. Health and safety would, would really frown on me if they saw me with a bench or barefoot. But it just is something in, there's something very wrong about putting rubber soles on, on your feet. I don't know. I mean, I went to the beach this morning. My wife and I, we, whenever we feel a bit stressed or a bit anxious, we're very fortunate that we lived up sort of 10 minutes away from the beach. We go to the beach, we put our feet on the sand and in the water, and instantly you can yeah. feel anxiety and stress just dissipate. And it's just like a medicine. 
you know, like the, the same way sunshine is. I see sunshine as a medicine, but everybody's walking around with these shades on. I think I think I even get to the point now. I think sunglasses are a conspiracy theory. And that's that was my next question to you. What do you Down think the of sunglasses? Hole I am. Well, I was going to ask you because some people, some people that I've talked to said the reason why there are sunglasses is because it's basically telling your skin not to produce melanin when you have your sunglasses on. And by the way, when you have your sunglasses on, the sun, whatever data comes from your sun, because photons have information, you're blocking that as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're, you're more likely to get sunburn when you have sunglasses on, yes. apparently. Exactly, because your body is not detecting that you need... See, everything comes to your eyes. If you have all this light, your body immediately starts producing melanin so you can, you're protected. But folks, try it. If you have very dark sunglasses, go into the sun one day with your sunglasses and see if you get burned. And then try it again without it and see what happens. But and the, the power... When yeah. people go into the, into the sun, they have to have sunglasses. The sun is so bright for them that they need these sunglasses sunglasses why why because everybody i think hollywood is responsible you know movies like i don't know top gun that made the ray-ban mm. so popular and cool like it's cool to wear sunglasses everybody's been wearing sunglasses for so long that when they step outside on a sunny day their eyes just cannot take that amount of light you're 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 limiting the light you're limiting the i don't know what's coming from that that thing up in the sky that we call light but i think there's information traveling through these rays i don't know i mean it's it's, it's to, to block that with 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 these really dark shades is is uh i think there's a conspiracy there i think there's a there there about <laughs> a little factoid here risky business came out in 1983 i believe it was with tom cruise and top gun in 1986 both times ray-ban was almost filing bankruptcy until tom cruise came along and saved there them with it those. Is right <laughs> there you go so Sound healing, sound healing. A lot of people don't understand that this could actually be it. Have you heard of Tartaria? You've probably have heard that rabbit hole lately. I have. I see a lot of uh, that kind of stuff. I'm not sure what to make of it. A lot of people say, why don't you make a song about Tartaria? But I, I, I haven't learnt enough about it. I don't have enough bullet points from it at the, at the moment. But all I can say is the history has been a lie. Uh, it seems that, you know, the further back you go, the more enlightened we were in terms of free energy mm -hmm. and, and construction and everything else. And, and, and probably, you know, bigger people, giants as well falls into yeah. that. So there, there's an awful lot there. Um, it's uh, so I know some bullet points about it, whether I'll make a song about it one day. It's just, I'm just, I just know at this point that you have to be comfortable with like everything's a lie almost like when you look at you know all the even the wars that are going on now and the wars that happened happened in the past it's just his story it's secondhand information I, I take every bit of it with a pinch of salt well this is you'll get there at one point but you know here in the united states we have the federal reserve that came out in 1913 immediately after the tax revenue act which taxed us we didn't have to pay taxes on our labor and what was the first thing that came along war and we supported all sides of the war world war one world war two and the ones that are coming up soon the same thing's happening but when it comes to to uh, Tartaria, I mean, the, the reason why I brought this up is because of bells. I've seen so many images of bells that were removed from churches all over the world, and apparently they were, they were used to heal people. If there was a, a, a pandemic taking place in one city, immediately the government would start ringing those bells. In two, three days, the pandemic was over, and they decided to remove those bells with the excuse of we're going to be using them to melt them for war. 
to convert them into tanks or whatever, you know, guns. It's interesting you say that about the bells. Uh, I do believe that churches were more places of healing rather than places of worship. I agree. And when you look into, when you start looking into the 440 and who changed it and who was responsible, there's a guy that keeps popping up. His name is John Deegan, John C. Deegan. And he was funded by the Rockefellers and created uh, this, this huge warehouse where they were manufacturing musical instruments in 440. And they couldn't be retuned. So when they left the factory, they were 440 forever. So that was one of the things they got to, 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 to sort of propagate this 440. But what they were also doing was they were making bells, church bells that hang that hung in you know public squares and in churches and they were also set to vibrate at 440 hertz so now we have instead of these healing bells in these town squares or whatever now they were all changed to resonate at 440 hertz so they're no longer no longer healing bells they're more i don't know what would, what would you call it you know something to, to propagate illness in some kind of way and the interesting fact about that is you know how many of those bells that john c deegan and his rockefeller funding made 440 isn't that huh. This is not the person who was behind, well, you probably have heard here, I think it was ABC or NBC in the 50s, they came out with the tone, dun, 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 and it was a <laughs> yeah, 440. Exactly. That, yeah, John John Deegan was behind that. The That's Deegan, the one. Yeah, John C. Deegan's company was responsible for those uh, uh, those that, those three chimes, and they became part of uh, like a dining carts, and it was, you know, they were, those bells were used to, to signify, you know, when lunch was being served and so they were putting that and that was all set to 440 those those nbc chimes they became so famous but all in 440 and the other thing is as well that the old telephone as well when the old school telephone you used to pick it up and put it to your ear and you'd hear that dialing tone that uh -huh. that was a mixture of two tones one of those tones was 440 hertz so they're pushing this 440, you know, in every part of technology, you know, and those, the NBC chimes were also used in children's toys as well. So they're putting it, so it's highly, highly suspicious, isn't it? When it comes to ringtones, I, I, I don't know if most people who listen to the phone, but you have these rotary phones and the ring, it bothers, even now, cell phone bothers. Have you, have you made any 432 hertz tones and since you produce them? Uh, not ringtones. No, when I was doing the ringtones, I wasn't into the whole four, three, two, four, forty. So all the ringtones that I produced, you know, back in the day, and I don't, you know, concentrate on the ringtone business anymore. It was all in four forty. You know, had I known, I would have, would, would have, you know, they would have, would have, I would have made them in four, three, two, and they probably would have resonated more. Right. You know, literally resonated more and probably sold more as well. But um, no, so I've not, I've not done a four, three, two ringtone, but uh, maybe I should. Maybe you should. Maybe people would be answering their phones a little bit more. Nobody, I don't know anybody that wants to answer the phone these days. You just want to be texted. Yeah, I mean, all of those tones that are coming from a phone, every, every bit of music that we hear, really, everything that's on the radio, even when you listen to a documentary on YouTube, all the music, the soundtracks to all movies, all 440. And I, I haven't tested the, the ringtones on a phone, but I guarantee they're all in 440 hertz. You know, it's just, it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere but it's invisible it's an it's another invisible enemy i've, I've been told as you said that churches were places where people went to heal themselves you probably have seen i think it's in france there's a a, a cathedral or a church that on the floor it almost looks like a, a pattern of what we see inside of a computer you probably know what i'm talking about i don't remember exactly the name of the church but people would stand on it and they would get healed but i think when this whole 440 thing came along, they left one thing in the churches. 
the organs. A lot of these organs come, they're really old, maybe before the 1950s. And when people go to church, they feel a religious experience because the only thing that they kept at 432 were the church organs. So when people go to church and listen to it, they think they're receiving a religious experience when in fact is the organ playing at 432. Nowhere well, else. Having said that, I mean, just just going back to the, the 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 pattern on the floor, there were some churches that actually had foot markers where you are supposed to stand actually mm. to put your feet so you can get in the acoustic sweet spot so you could have that kind of religious experience. But going back to the organs, I've listened to so many and tested um, uh, a lot of these cathedral organs by listening to YouTube uh, videos and and testing it with my tuner. Now, these organs can be tuned, and it's everyone that I've tested has all now been retuned to 440. So those mm. organs in these cathedrals have now been altered. They've now been bastardized. So I don't think you're going to get that kind of you know, religious or spiritual experience anymore. But if you put that organ with those huge pipes, they're the incredible feat of engineering, and the sound bellowing out of those pipes at 432, and the building specifically built for those frequencies – uh, that could be an, an, an incredible experience, but I don't think you're going to get that now because all the organs have been bastardized. And people don't believe that, that that these places are places of healing. They believe that they're going there to to worship. I think it was something much different back in the day. With all this censorship and, and strikes from YouTube, we used to have background music and they would just shut the, the a video that we did seven years ago. Oh, somebody, the, the background music is, is somebody else's. So... I had to buy a Core Kronos uh, a few years ago to record my own music. And I'm so glad that now you have the ability to change just with, with one finger, boom, change it to 432 hertz. So all the background music that I have now is all 432 hertz. And people say, it. I feel relaxed. I It's not that I don't like your interviews, but I use them to go to sleep because of the voice and because of the music. So a lot of people just resonate with this 432. Yeah, there's, there's many ways. If you, you can take the, the music that you already have purchased on your phone, and it's all in 440 if it's commercial music, and there's an app. There's apps that do this. You just uh, sort of uh, reroute the music from the phone into the app, or the app recognizes all the music that's stored in your phone, and it will change it to 432. So that's one way of doing it. If you have your music stored on a PC, for instance, uh, you can use a program called Audacity, uh, there's, yep. there's a few YouTube videos on how to do that, and you can just change it to 432. You can just convert it. I mean, I'm a big fan of creating it from scratch in 432 hertz. Right. I, I think you, you, when you convert something from 440 to 432, you might lose something in the conversion. So I'm a big fan of doing everything from scratch in 432. But And yesterday, I recently, because I've, I've always wanted Spotify, but I would never pay for Spotify because I just know all the music within Spotify is all 440. And I just kind of, because of what I know about it, I refuse to listen to a platform like that that's just going to pump out 440 music like continuously uh but yesterday i found a little hack where i can root spotify through my logic software which is my digital audio workstation where i produce the music and i can pitch it down to 432 so now i can have spotify root it through logic and have it converted to 432 so that's a nice little workaround i found yesterday well, i'm gonna have to ask you to give me the workaround because i wondered i was listening to your Sulfagio song in four, you know, 432 on Spotify. And I wonder if they have something that retunes it to 440. 
Would that I've been be possible? Asked that before, but no, it is possible to do. It. Yeah, it's impossible, but but they don't do that. They they don't alter the frequency of the original tuning. Hmm. Um, I've tested it, but what they do do is is is, is when you take you know I, you will never hear on Spotify the so, a song that I've created how. It, it kind of loses something in compression. That's another way that music has been bastardized. It, they they take a, an original WAV format from my studio where it sounds incredible, and then they compress it into an MP3, and it loses a hell of a lot of information when you do that. So, in the name of convenience, so we can get you know twenty thousand songs in on our iPod, they 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 suck the soul out of it. Just in you know, in the name of convenience, they compress it. So you'll never really hear it on Spotify in the way you know you'd hear it in my studio if you were sitting here with me. It's a much more of a better experience if you're, you know, right here in the studio. It's it's a much better sound. So there's always going to be that level of bastardization just in just in uh, compressing the music alone. But they don't alter the frequency of the original tuning. I know that. What is your opinion of three big artists that allegedly in secrecy recorded in 432? And I'm talking about Bob Marley, John Lennon, and Prince. Do you lend credence to that? Uh, Bob Marley, yes. I tested a few of Bob Marley's songs and uh, some of the old stuff here in 432. But what it seems is when, when, when if there's like a, a commercial release from the record label, they seem to detune it to 440. So, and Bob Marley's tuning was a little bit, uh, I'm not was a little bit sort of all over the place. He was never perfect, but in, in, in the latest releases, you know, the stuff that's, you know, like Bob Marley's greatest hits, for sure it's all in 440. So for, for whatever, well, we know why they're changing it, but yeah. Prince, Prince, I'm not sure. I've not, I'm not tested. I've heard that Pink Floyd um, do do their stuff in 432. I'm not so sure about that. Um, who's the other one that you made? Oh, the Beatles. No, oh my God, no way. There's no way the Beatles would be John Lennon. Fourth stuff in 432. Yeah, John Lennon. No, um, I'm going to have to do some tests on that. The, 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 the way I see it, these... These more mainstream artists, I have no time for. I really now I know, you know, I've lost so many heroes. I used to love the Beatles. I used to love Pink Floyd. I used to love Prince. I used to love all these artists, but they've all just they've just lost their status for me now because I understand that they're all really just products and puppets of the system, and they're just really pushing agendas. And I think a lot of them started to wake up to it. Prince certainly, uh, John Lennon certainly, and that's probably why they're not around anymore. Are you still there? Hello. Can you hear me? Oh, hello. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. I don't know, but maybe I muted myself. I'm saying that uh, Prince died in his elevator. In that song, Don't Let the Elevator Brink Goes Down, boom. He died in the elevator under mysterious, mysterious circumstances. And he was so open-minded, and he was talking and going to late-night shows, explaining what really was going on, chemtrails, manganese in the water, and all those things. That can happen. When you get off the reservation, if you're too important, you are given a choice. You keep talking. Michael Jackson, same thing. In the end, he started talking. Uh, John Lennon, you know, the, the whole anti-war movement. Bob Marley got this incredibly fast-paced cancer. Boom, I have his, his, last, his last concert in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. He died just a few days later of a very fast cancer. So... You think this is a threat to the establishment for many reasons? Yeah, I mean, if you have that kind of influence, you're a threat to the establishment. If you start singing about the kind of things that Bob Marley was singing about, which was love and unity, and John Lennon, all you need is love, all that kind of thing, that's not what these parasites want. That's not the kind of message they want out there musically. So, you know, they have to go. George Michael, another one, started speaking out against the music industry. 
and uh, and his label. Same with Michael Jackson. Uh, uh, so they started. I think they started to realize what they were a part of and the agendas that they were. That, you know, they were being used to push. Um, that's why I, I have no fear on my life because I will never reach that kind of, you know, I will never have that kind of influence, you know. So I think once you're in a, that kind of influential position, you you play ball or you 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 go night nights. I mean, your pseudonym and the artist name that you use, Conspiracy Music Guru. So I think there's no limit in what I can ask you. Am I right? Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything's on the table as far <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Here's another rabbit hole that I've gotten into lately. And to a lot of people, this is this is beyond flat earth, cloning. And I'm talking about a few artists, and I can name one, Dave Chappelle, for example. You know who Dave Chappelle is? Yeah, the black comedian, yeah. Yep, the black comedian. Uh, in my opinion, he's not the same Dave Chappelle that we used to know. And we can do an entire show about this. But when somebody gets off the reservation... Instead of killing them because they produce billions of dollars to the industry, whether it's comedy, uh, whether it's music, instead of killing them, they basically say, hey, let's go out for a ride. They're taken to a, some kind of secluded underground base, never to be seen again. But somebody else comes out that looks almost the same, and they're the ones that we see now. I wouldn't doubt it if what we see I now in the yeah, White House it, yeah, is that. It, 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 it's it's on the table for me. I mean, you you can go back to to, to Paul McCartney. There's two names that spring to mind when you there say you that. Go. Paul McCartney and, and and Joe Biden. Paul McCartney clearly. I mean, there's, a, there's even a book written by the man himself, the guy that's playing Paul McCartney today. The book is called The Memoirs of Billy Shears. I'm mm. not sure if you've had Mike Williams on. Have you on on, on your show? No, but I've had uh, what's his name? Uh, he wrote uh, Musical Truth. What's his name? Mark uh, Mark Devlin. Mark, Mark Devlin. Devlin. Yeah. Love Mark Devlin. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. He's the real conspiracy music guru. He really goes into, you know, the depths of, of, of what's going on there. So, yeah, um, the, the Paul McCartney thing, I mean, is it a clone now? I think I think really that's more of a doppelganger and maybe some surgery there and uh, a lot of work behind the scenes to kind of, you know, learn the instrument and, uh, and you know, take the place of, you know, the Paul McCartney, which I believe died in 66. It's a huge, huge... In a car accident. Hole. In a car accident. And there's many songs in... in there's many lyrics in the Beatles song. So that, that, that can kind of reference that that particular time period of when Paul died. And then looking at Joe Biden, I mean, clearly that I mean, if just looking at the earlobes, there's there's some differences there. There's there's one of them is more articulate uh, and, and more co co coherent. And the other one's just a bumbling fool with different earlobes. I mean, are they just doing that to freak out the the truth of community to get us all talking about this kind of stuff? Or is there genuinely, you know, replacements? I mean, we know that um, Saddam Hussein had a bunch of you know, lookalikes, you know, so I wouldn't put it past them. So there's something going on, whether it's cloning or not. I haven't looked. I, I know it's a thing. I haven't looked deep enough into it. And if I do, I, uh, there will probably be a song about it. Well, I always say that there's a law in the United States that uh, that, that wanted to prevent the human-animal chimera experimentation. And this, this politician wanted to ban that. But we've been doing that for decades and the majority of Republicans and Democrats voted against banning it. So this is happening right now behind the scenes, and it's legal for, for I, I don't know exactly how it's happening, but it's happening. So if you have somebody like Paul McCartney, I mean, they're using somebody else, but in fact, they could have cloned him. If somebody who produces billions of dollars like the Beatles did, why wouldn't you use that technology? And if that's the case... Why would Michael Jackson have to die? Why didn't they just clone him continuing? Tupac Shakur and so many others. 
Yeah, I, I, I have no idea what kind of technology is available, but I, I kind of do in a way when you start looking into the, um, you know, what was in the jab and, um, you know, some autopsies and uh, and the, the way they're changing, they're literally, they're changing, I don't know how to explain it really, but they're, they're changing humans. It's real spiritual. Well, there's, you know, the nanotechnology and the way it connects to 5G and all of these, you know, real deep, deep rabbit holes. It's kind of, you know, it's almost like this is really, really advanced stuff. So they must have had access to this kind of thing, you know, back in the day. I mean, look at look at the MK Ultra mind control program. And, and you know, I, I'm a firm believer now that people like Janis Joplin and 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 uh, Jimi Hendrix were all under that. Twenty Seven Club. All of that, yeah, and uh, Amy Winehouse as well, and Kurt Cobain. Um, all really tragic stories because they were under this 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 kind of. Uh, you know this, this kind of mind control because they had so much influence so you know they're using an awful lot of technology to, to be, because because they have so much influence so would they be using cloning technology it's on the table i wouldn't put it past them we have to take a one and only break when we come back i'm going to dive into the chemtrails and you did an experiment in alicante spain beautiful home beautiful view by the way let me just add to that oh, thanks. with vinegar and i was surprised to see that it worked Folks, if we put metal inside a microwave and, and turn it on, what happens? If you have done that in the past, you know what happens. So what happens if we, if planes spread metallic particles throughout the atmosphere and then some people turn on 5G? What would happen? I'll tell you what would happen in something that Dr. Judy Wood, the author of Where Did the Towers Go, told me. And I'll tell you again. But how can people buy your CDs and learn more about your work? And also, let me ask you, Usually we have a bumper music in the middle. Which song would you like me to play of yours? Oh, that's a tough one because I have so many different styles. I've got heavy metal, I've got blues, I've got reggae, and I've got the healing album, I've got the comedic album. So really what suits your kind of vibe for your listeners? I mean, I'm thinking kind of more the true solfeggio something. I mean, Heart, uh, the track number four on the true solfeggio album is a very, very popular song because it's just so emotional. It's so beautiful. Uh, um, I've had some great uh, feedback from that. It seems to be very healing. Apparently 512 hertz, which is which the is the free frequency that I embed in that particular track it has a correlation with the heart chakra allegedly how true that is I don't know but ga gauging the feedback on how people feel when they listen to that song um, there's a lot of really um, nice feedback it's very very emotive so maybe that song that would be nice the track number four on true solfeggio is called heart I'll use that conspiracymusicguru.com is his website Alex Michael one more hour to come and we'll dive deeper we'll get deeper into this rabbit hole this is Mel Hustlerick, and you are listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial of FLFE today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas. 
because you don't want to believe, you want to know. 